So welcome to Happy Mindset, where we use the power of language and storytelling to help you find your voice. Today's episode is episode number 41, and today's episode title is The Power of Your Questions. So today's episode is an interview that I recently gave to Skylar Diem of the Early Risers Movement. Skylar was on the, the last podcast episode where I was interviewing him. Today's episode is of him interviewing me. So on today's episode, we talk about the power of questions, the power of our language, and the power of our mindset when it comes to taking action in the world and becoming the best version of ourselves possible. So on today's episode, you're going to learn a bit more about my own personal journey behind creating happy mindset, what I've learned in my 20s about my brain, my mind, and the power of the questions that I was asking myself. So I hope today's episode will be of value to you if you're going through a difficult period right now or if in general you just want to focus more in a positive direction in your life. I hope today's episode will help you out. So if you enjoyed this episode, I would greatly appreciate it if you can leave a, a rating and a review so other people can find the information on this podcast. And if you enjoy Happy Mindset in general, head on over to Facebook and join the community there, search for the Happy Mindset, and you'll find a group of people there who are looking to become the best version of themselves and to understand themselves better. What's going on, everybody? You are listening to the Early Risers podcast. I'm your host, Skylar Deem, and I am an early riser. Now, if you're a first-time listener to the show, I'd just like to welcome you. This podcast is all about helping you live a more effective life, and I call it the Early Risers podcast because that's what I believe an early riser to be, is someone who's focused on living life more effectively every single day. Now, if you haven't heard the term early riser before in my context, when I say early riser, what I mean is someone who wakes up earlier than they have to and uses that time for uninterrupted personal development. So whereas you may think you have to wake up at 4 a.m. or 5 a.m. or 6 a.m. or even 7 a.m. to be an early riser, to me, that's not really what I'm talking about. To me, it's all about waking up early, earlier than you have to. So if you have to wake up at 10 a.m. to get to work on time and you wake up at 9.30 and for those 30 minutes you do something that focuses on benefiting yourself and improving yourself, you are an early riser. And on the same end, if you're a night shift worker and you have to wake up at 9 p.m. to get to work on time and you decide to wake up at 8.30 p.m. and for those 30 minutes you work on yourself, you're also an early riser. So it's really about what time you wake up comparative to what you have to and what you actually do with that time. Now, I am so, so excited for today's show. If you are a return listener or a first-time listener, uh, thank you for hopping on. I appreciate you, but this was a really, really good episode for me. I really enjoyed speaking to our guest, who is named Dennis Murphy. Now, Dennis is the founder of The Happy Mindset, where he is building a tribe of people centered around language learning, mindset, and personal development. He is a language hacker, a polyglot who speaks four languages, And for those of you who didn't know what polyglot is, because I didn't either, it's someone who speaks multiple languages. He has a passion for language, communication, and helping people to become their best selves. Dennis discovered the power of his self-talk through an experience with psychosis in his early 20s. By shifting his mindset and perceiving this difficult experience as a life lesson, he started on a journey to learn more about the mind, the brain, and the power of the questions we ask ourselves. Dennis has a podcast called The Happy Mindset, where he interviews inspiring guests from around the world to uncover the real stories behind their success. His mission in life is to bring an understanding of the power of language and mindset and how they play in all aspects of our lives. 
He just recently published his first Udemy course called Mindset Hacks for Language Learners as well. Now, it was an absolute pleasure talking to Dennis. He has such an interesting perspective. And for me, I found that when I talk to certain people, you know, you can hear something over and over and over. But when someone says it a certain way, it kind of opens up a different door in your mind. Like you, you understand that topic a little more. And that's what happened when I was speaking to Dennis. So I hope you get kind of the same results from listening to this episode. And of course, I hope you enjoy it. Um, before we get into it, I do have an ask if you are really enjoying the show, if you get something out of this episode, or if you've gotten something out of the episodes in the past, all I ask is that you head over to iTunes and leave us a five-star rating, leave us a review, let us know what you think about the show, and that would be awesome. So with that being said, I hope you enjoy the episode. Let's get into it. So today's special guest is Dennis Murphy. How are you doing today, Dennis? All good. Thanks for having me on, Skylar. Of course, man. I'm excited to have you. Um, do you mind just starting us off by sharing about yourself, you know, what you do, where you came from, and just a little bit about your story that brought you to this point? Yeah, so it's been a long story. So uh, at the moment, I'm creating a community called The Happy Mindset, which is resol- it's revol- resolves or revolves around language, mindset, and personal development. So my background is very much in foreign languages, but I found personal development from my own experience. I went through psychosis when I was 22, and it was then I started realizing the value to self-talk, the questions I was asking myself. It really started opening my eyes to how my mind was affecting my day-to-day and how my brain was affecting my day-to-day. So uh, that's what ties in the personal development and mindset side of things. Up until, that, up until about 22, I was very much focused on languages, but I hadn't seen the mindset and personal development as clearly as I had to start seeing them. So that's just a little bit of a, an intro to me. Definitely. For the people who aren't sure what psychosis is, because when I first heard about it, I honestly wasn't sure. Um, I've heard the word before, but I never really knew what it was. Do you mind yeah. kind of just explaining what you went through and what that kind of looked like? Yeah, so at the time I was living in France and it was I went through like a week of it. It was auditory hallucinations. Uh, at some visual hallucinations too, I think. It was um, a completely new experience for me. I never knew the brain could go to that length of, uh, of darkness. Um, so yeah, it was, it was mainly like just being confused about what was actually happening. Up until that point, I didn't realize that what I was looking at in the world wasn't as objective as I thought it was. I always felt that like you've got the objective world out there and I'm walking around in it. When... I started experiencing auditory and visual hallucinations and they seemed really real to me and the paranoia seemed really real to me. I started questioning what is life, what, what I'm, what's actually happening here because I had to start questioning that. So that's a little insight into what psychosis was for me. Mm. And do you know kind of what spurred that or did it just kind of come out of nowhere? It seemed to be like a multitude of factors coming together that wouldn't have normally came together. So I think when I was in France that year, I was, I started to become really isolated because I was in the countryside and I hadn't experienced that before. So I didn't really know what that was. And then as well, at the time I wasn't really, I didn't really understand the importance of drinking water every day. So I wasn't really doing that. And I'd started blogging for the first time. So I kind of got carried away there. It was a new experience for me. And I was like, Oh, my brain was always switched on. So I was always thinking of writing and I'd wake up at random hours in the night and I'd start writing. So, I wasn't aware that 
your mental health can get really bad. So I didn't think anything of it until I was put in a situation where my brain kind of just snapped and it was like I couldn't ignore it any longer. So mm. I think it was a multitude of factors. Like, and then on top of that, I never fully understood how my emotions played a role in my life that deeply. Didn't really understand simple brain science. I didn't understand what a mind was. I wasn't aware of that being a thing. So all of these kind of factors came together at once. And I think that's, uh, that's probably why it happened, I think. Mm. And I think it's like, obviously, it's a terrible experience, but I think it's a really good parallel for showing people, you know, how their mental health can be controlled and like how unknowingly just going throughout their day, like they can be hurting themselves. Um, and, you know, sometimes we know these things and we do it anyway. Sometimes we're not even aware. Um, but when you were going through that, like when you realized what you were doing to yourself and how you were kind of playing into this loop, was there like a first step you took to improve? The first thing I became aware of was my reactions to life. So it was like, things have to change here. I have to start looking at things differently. I have to start changing my behavior somehow. So what was the simplest step for me was to just take a step back and kind of go, how am I reacting to things? What sort of situations am I finding myself in that are actually optional, that are actually choices that I'm making here? So when I started looking at that, I started like realizing how habitual a reaction was and just even that, that space in between. So like I was like, I'm going to catch myself more around where I feel I'm reacting. And it was as simple as, you know, when you feel like you're reacting to somebody, it's like, it's not nice. It's, it's a feeling of like you lose control. And uh, it was those microseconds that I was like, if I be can become aware of them, not do anything, just pause a bit more or just not react in the way I would normally react. I wasn't looking to change my behavior straight away. It was just to get more space between the initial reaction. So that could be anything as simple as just reacting to, to a comment somebody might say, like a friend or, or um, a reaction to just even something as simple as something goes wrong with your computer or something or whatever, just your initial reaction. So that's where it started. And then from there, I started becoming more aware of the questions I was asking myself. So another layer back from that was the question that was driving that reaction. So that's when I became more aware of growth mindset. So it was like, instead of asking questions that were leading me down the wrong assumption, like even with language learning, I found that a lot of the times I was actually beating myself up in situations where I was speaking a language, a foreign language, making mistakes. And I was like, had all these self doubts and I wasn't aware that there was questions underpinning them. Like of why am, why am I always messing up or I'm not good enough or I'm a fraud. This type of stuff, they were the things that were actually hidden behind the reactions that I wasn't seeing before. So when I became more aware of that, I was more conscious in the questions I'd asked myself, especially when I was making mistakes, like in the language or, or whatever in general. So I was more inclined to ask a question like, what can I learn from this? And what did go right here? What can I focus on? So I started becoming more aware of whatever I focus on expands, whether it's neutral, whether it's positive or negative. It's best to look at it as neutral so you can focus on what you do want more. Mm. So that's kind of how I started. That's when I started seeing the importance of mindset, the importance of your perception and focus. Mm. And that's super powerful. And there's a lot that you just spoke about that I want to talk about. Definitely. Um, I think the, the thing that stuck out for me when you were speaking was this idea of space, like the space between an event and your reaction. Um, yeah. 
And, you know, so many people don't even have much of a space, but the thing is like, there is a space there, whether it's a couple of milliseconds or whether you can work on yourself to expand that and make it longer and then kind of, you know, be conscious of how you react instead of, um, or be conscious of how you respond instead of reacting. Um, mm. So like when it comes to building that space up in between, like what would you recommend to kind of grow it between, you know, event and then either reaction or response? What, what I realized it was, it was a self-compassion. And for me, that was a foreign concept for me, like self-compassion that gives you some space because you're not beating yourself up straight away after you react. And I found that at the time, the easiest way for me to do that was to be compassionate towards other people. So before I had a tendency to habitually judge people or, or that type of thing where they'd make a mistake, and it was actually a reflection of me being afraid of making that mistake. So when I started being compassionate towards other people making mistakes, my logic at the time was that if I can show more compassion to other people, I'll also be more self-compassionate. And in that, I'll have some space around the reactions. Because when I do react and I don't, I don't um, discipline myself enough, I'm not going to add to that by beating myself up on top of it because that's not going to help at all. So when I had... When I had those failures where I was reacting, I didn't catch myself quick enough. I didn't compound that by beating myself up anymore. So when it happened again, then there was a bit more space being created each time. Mm. And what do you mean by beating yourself up? So I'd be just disappointed in myself, like especially when you become aware of a habit or a reaction and you can't stop yourself from doing it. But my initial thing is that when I can't do that, I feel down on myself. I'm like, oh, I should know better. I should be doing better. And until I became aware that didn't help at all, it actually made things worse. I just habitually started doing that as well on top of it. So that was just not helping me to progress. So as, when I started showing more compassion in my perception of other people and my actions and behaviors, in turn, I started doing the same thing to myself more. Mm -hmm. So I started just starting creating more space. And I find that the more you kind of, The more you have a lot of stuff on your reactions, actually, it doesn't help because it's part of your, like your self-worth is maybe attached or something. But the less you have on it, the easier it is to actually just do the action you want to take. The more you see it as neutral. So it was, like, it was just neutralizing the negative by being more positive in those situations. Mm. And one of the ways to do that, which you, you know, we, we talked before this, obviously, and you, you said you're currently exploring this topic. And I think it's super, super powerful. And I think not enough people are talking about it. But this idea of language, um, mm. whether, you know, mostly what I'd like to focus on is just like self talk. Like when you say beating yourself up, like you said, you're probably talking down on yourself, like, yeah. you feel bad. Um, so I definitely want to explore this topic today, just like the idea of the words we use to ourselves, and how that affects the person that we become. Um, mm -hmm. So do you mind kind of just speaking on that? Yeah, like, I guess for the self-talk for me, it's been, again, it started with the questions. Like, if you're asking yourself a disempowering question from the start, you're at a losing battle. So I started realizing that the questions are more important than the answers before like I think from schooling and stuff there's an over focus on the answers and less of a focus on are the questions actually the right questions asked in the first place so I started to see it all starts with that question because that's going to filter like you you notice yourself with the rad area of the brain your questions will filter how you see the world anyway so if you're asking yourself the wrong question you're going to get a certain 
way of seeing the world. Mm. So I found just like the self-talk will improve with the better questions because you're looking in a different direction entirely to where you would be looking. Like just even a simple, something as simple as when you make a mistake in a foreign language, you could, you could have the initial reaction of why am I so stupid? I'm never going to get this. I'm never going to be able to speak French one day. Or you could have the reaction of, okay, that didn't work. What can I learn from this? Is there something I can do better next time? And it's even question whether you're around the right people or whatever. It's more empowering. Mm-hmm. And just to touch on um, the RAS, which for mm-hmm. people who maybe haven't caught it on Facebook, um, by the way, if you are listening and we're not connected on Facebook, definitely do that. Uh, join my Facebook group because I'm doing like free trainings where I talk about this stuff all the time. But um, so the RAS is a part of your brain. It's called the reticular activating system. And it basically decides what you focus on. So, you know, right now you're listening to this podcast. So you're probably focusing on this. Um, but like, think about what other things are going on within your senses that you're really not aware about. So like, if you look up and you're looking for things that are colored brown, and then you close your eyes and I asked you, okay, what colors or what things in front of you were colored red? Um, it's, you're not going to have an easy time thinking about that because you were focusing on the things that are brown. So when you change your language, so say you are currently, you know, you're in that cycle of negative self-talk, that RAS is going to pick up things that point to you being, you know, not who you want to be. It's going to point to the things that make you feel worse. Um, but one of the things I really like about what you're doing, Dennis, is like when you ask those right questions, when you focus on the good things, the RAS starts to pick up more. And it's like the simple shift in asking those questions can change the basically your whole outlook on the world. Like it it Mm -hmm. changes just what you look at. It changes what you think about yourself. And, you know, all of a sudden good things seem to happen more and more to you when in reality, like these things were always happening most likely, but you just didn't pick up on them. So, um, thank you for that. That that was definitely, definitely awesome. Was there something that like you can specifically speak on that when you started changing the questions you started noticing more of, or things started to improve or just, some some initial benefit that you saw from asking these questions i started i started um questioning my self-assumptions my assumptions more so like i had i had this idea before where i was no good at technology and computers like i was a language guy i wasn't a tech guy and and then i started questioning that i was like maybe that's an unquestioned belief that i have in question assumption and so i started looking into computers i started playing around with them my last job i was working i was fixing computers the last three years and I went from like somebody in my family who was the last person you go to with any sort of tech issue to somebody who was the go-to guy within about two years. And that all stemmed from the question, the assumption I was asking myself. I had this perception of like there's a certain type of person who's into the tech world and not, like a language person doesn't fit that mold. But when I started questioning it, I started seeing the flip side. I was like, linguistically, they talk about syntax, semantics and computer programming. I started looking at the, like, how do I leverage being a language person to get into the computer programming world and to get into IT. So like, that was all a shift in question. If I'd never questioned the original assumption, I would still be living with blinkers on of there's a certain type of person who's a computer person, a certain type of person who's a language person. It was simple things like that. And then I even started questioning gossip. So like gossip, I thought, was just a part of life. That's, there's no getting around it. I'd never question what purpose does this serve? Is it actually helping me in my life? Is it helping the people around me in my life? And when I started 
looking in that direction, I came across that quote about like great minds, small minds, and average minds, and great minds uh, doing things in the world, average minds talking about the things in the world, and then small minds talking about other people. And I was like, can't be that simple that the difference between a great mind and a small mind. So that gave me hope. I was like, okay, why don't I just start cutting the habit of gossip as much as I can? And so in that space, it'll also free up time. I'll start seeing how much time is being consumed from this just mindless gossip. And then from that, then I was focusing more on, let's talk about ideas. So the, just the people I was around started to gradually shift because I started consciously wanting to talk about ideas and creating things. And I just found over time as well, like less interest in watching random TV. Uh, so all this stuff started freeing up time. So the thing is, when I was going through the psychosis, it was a paranoia that was a killer. The paranoia seemed really real to me. And so looking back on it, I realized that was my imagination. Like, because it wasn't, a lot of the stuff wasn't real, even though it felt really real. So I was like, why don't I harness that power in a different direction now? Because I've been living unconscious to it all the time. I thought I'd given up my imagination from when I got, when I got older. Like, that, that was a natural kind of progression to becoming an adult, was that you no longer allow yourself to imagine and create things. But I realized that I was unconsciously living with it in the dramas that were manifesting in my head, dramas with other people and stuff. So I was like, okay, let's see the harness, like same power to create things, talk about ideas and to have a growth mindset where you're helping people and they're helping you and this, this type of thing. So that, that was the trajectory from a simple shift in my questions. Mm, I love that. And I think it's so like seemingly simple to just yeah. commit to that one thing, like, okay, I'm going to stop gossiping. Like, and then from that, everything shifts, which is so, so awesome. Um, and like, from me, like I know two years ago, if I had heard that, I would have been like, no way that had such a huge effect. Like it's just talking about other people. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's crazy. Like the, the effect that does have. So that's awesome. Um, when it comes to like these questions that we ask ourselves, are there any big ones that maybe you saw in your own life, which you kind of spoke upon, but maybe big ones that like, a lot of other people are probably experiencing that they can become consciously aware of and maybe switch to something else. So another big one for me was the shift in thinking about myself as in questions that were always centered towards me mm. and shifting that more towards questions about being curious about other people and what's going on in their life. That took up enough, uh, took a weight off my mind because up until that point, it's like, that's, I think that's where like anxiety can come from in social situations when you're asking yourself questions about how am I being perceived by this other person and stuff, it's not nice. It's like you feel overwhelmed and, and that type of thing. So the more you can shift your attention more towards what's going on in this person's life and genuinely be curious about people. Like I, I've, I heard a, a great thing about like interesting people are just interested in other people. That's how, that's why they're interesting. So it was like, it was, it was that shift that helped me in myself talk. It was like, just be more conscious of the fact that the more I think about myself, the more anxious I become, the less I'm likely to create something that I'm not sure of. But the more I focus on how does this serve other people? How can I uh, become curious about people? Because like the more you become curious about people, life is just more interesting. Because people are quite interesting when you show an interest in them. It's yeah. just a lot of times we're not used to people taking an interest in us. Or we're, and so we're used to like having our walls up and stuff because we're generally used to people judging us and, and trying to label us and stuff. So when you come across that person who's actually genuinely interested in you, you find out an awful lot about people. Mm. So that's, uh, that was, again, it's very simple, very subtle, 
but it's a huge thing over time it starts compounding in a new direction so for me it was like when i went through psychosis too i was like okay where was my part in all this i had to ask that question if i didn't ask that question i would have never changed my behavior because i'd be looking external and i'd be blaming everything and there was a lot of stuff i could have blamed in my mind um so it was like from that that subtle shift i was like okay there must have been indecisions i've made there must have been reactions i've been making that have just built up over time that have compounded to this end result so i was like if that's true that's my assumption that's my theory why don't i test the opposite of it why don't i start creating small positive habits that's going to compound over time and have the opposite result so it was just a, it was a theory it was a hypothesis i was like there's nothing to lose here because i can't get any worse than this or the situation i was in so that's a uh, Wow. I love that. And when, before you talked about like anxiety and social situations, that's exactly what I thought of. Cause I went through that, um, a couple of years back and it was, it like came from a selfish place. Like I was so focused on myself and how was I looking and how were other people judging me and perceiving me, but you're so right. Like switching that focus, like that's all it is. Switching that focus, becoming more curious, becoming more interested. Like it, it changes so, so much. Mm-hmm. Very simple. Yeah. 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 Awesome, man. So I guess for the people listening, um, you know, I honestly like this, this episode has been awesome, like awesome, awesome. And I think there was a lot of key things that, um, you know, have been going through my head, but I've never really been able to verbalize that I love. Um, and we'll, we'll talk about like your, your final message and like the one thing you'd want people to get from this. But I think for me, like one of the things that popped up is just like asking the right questions and that's it. And like, why what how like just figuring out what you can ask to change the things around you and like i i I urge people who are listening to this like it's not about solving everything at once like going back to you like you 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 ask this one question you change this one thing and then it all stemmed from that which i just you know it's awesome um so for the people who are interested in connecting with you, maybe become a part of your Facebook group, which I'm, I love being a part of, honestly, um, where can they connect with you? Yeah, the best place is go to the Facebook search for the happy mindset. There's a group there and uh, just encouraging people to share their thoughts, share their ideas, get into good habits, uh, get into the right mindset. I've got a podcast as well, as well where I interview other people from all sorts of all backgrounds, all different uh, ways of living and uh yeah just sharing insights and, and what's worked for them in their life so just as much as possible i'm trying to show people there's many different paths but it's the same kind of principles the same questions the same mindsets that are that are common to everyone so that's uh that's where you can find me check out instagram yeah check out the podcast and uh facebook i guess awesome. the best places Awesome. And for everyone listening, I will definitely link to those in the show notes. Um, I also have a show or a segment on the show called My Current Obsession. And I kind of like to switch things up at the end. Um, basically, I'm curious, like, is there something in your life right now that you are kind of weirdly obsessed with? Um, and it doesn't have to be related to mindset. It could be a book, a person, a place, a song, like literally anything that right now you've just kind of taken a liking to and you're pretty obsessed mm-hmm. with at this point. I guess right now I'm reading a book from Dan David Goggins, David Goggins, and uh, you mm. can't can't hurt me. Mm. His life is very very fascinating. I take a lot of um, I like things where it's like quite extreme, and you can take away lessons. Like I shared a book today about man's search for meaning. Again, that was um, a guy in a concentration camp 
and he took profound lessons away from the experience that were positive and uplifting. So mm. I'm always drawn to that. I'm always drawn to like a, a story that's like quite extreme, but there's huge positive lessons that have, been, that have been taken away from it. So that was for me to show that no matter, how, no matter how bad things can get in my own life, there's always a way of looking at it that can empower me and to move forward in my life. So, um, yeah, I think that's, that's my fascination. Psychology mindset, like that, that they're my, they're my main fascinations. And, uh, right now I think it's David Goggins story looking at that. My fascination. Yeah. I'm, that book's on my list. And, um, I just commented on your post. Actually, I, I, uh, just finished man's search for meaning like two or three days ago, read it for the first time. And like, man, wow. Like, such a heavy book but so many valuable lessons and like it makes you question things it's like if if this guy like describing in detail what he went through which was terrible if he can find meaning and if he can find like peace in a way in like a weird weird way we all can do that like honestly um so yeah that was an awesome book so so thank you for sharing that so before we wrap up do you have a final message for the people listening yeah i guess it's it's just become more conscious of the questions you're asking. It's a, it's a very simple thing, but it can have a huge impact on your life long-term. So for me, one of the biggest things too was to just to delay your gratification. Like we're living in a world where it's instant gratification is, is seems to be everywhere. It seems to be quite prevalent. So in times where you're in doubt, do the opposite to what the masses do and go for delayed gratification. If you want to have different results, if you want to have a, more of a focus on meaning and purpose in your life. I think you can't go too far around with that. Mm, totally agree. Thank you so, so much, Dennis, for coming on. This has been awesome. Like really, really awesome. I appreciate you. Thanks for having me. Thanks yeah, for discussing course. this.